the bare necessities, the simple bare Hello and welcome to episode 18 of That's a Shame. Welcome back, I'm Isaac, and joining me as always from his attic of mysteries. <laughs> Thanks for making me sound like a serial killer, it's Declan. <laughs> How are you Declan? Uh, I'm not bad actually. How's the attic? Uh, filled with lots of friends of mine. Uh, all, skins. all of them all of them bound all oh. of them uh, all of them here mostly uh consensually oh well that's good to hear yeah. i'm i'm also doing all right i've i've kept meaning to mention in the sh- last maybe three or four episodes that i've got a lot of hay fever going on so i so- sorry if i sniff i have been editing most of it out and sorry if i sound like uh underwater kind of vibe <laughs> with that admin out of the way let's power on to what i know is going to be one of the great episodes of our lives I oh think. yeah well 17 has been well received on the whole my girlfriend said it's the first episode she's listened to and this bear in mind as i say this is a, a fan of the show self-professed and, and not just a fan because she has to be she says <laughs> uh or then maybe she has to say that as well so i guess it's yeah. hard to tell but episode 17, first one she's listened to without zoning out at any point. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that's uh, it's not necessarily a compliment. No. <laughs> but she was like, no, but you know when you're just on the bus and like maybe you see something outside, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. We're boring. Fine. Let's leave it there. <laughs> and by leave it there, but, I yeah. mean our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Thrown to the curb. That's the end. Oh, well, that is good. Uh, like you say, in a sense, feedback. Yeah. I, I was I was a big fan of episode eighteen. I, I thought it was a 17. strong one. Seventeen. This is eighteen. I'm sure I will be a fan of eighteen. Oh, well. you're going to love it. Let me tell you. One more bit of admin before we proceed is that I keep meaning to uh, give more props than I do to our music in the show because I think it's great. We happened upon it quite by accident. Our bare necessities cover, and uh, it's good, isn't it? I love it. Yeah, it's, I think it works really well. It's something that we spoke about sort of even reasonably early on, like four or five episodes in, which is that for something that was cobbled together in our trademark haphazard last minute way, uh, with what with name and, and music choice artwork, (laughs) all, all coming, all coming either just before, during, or just after (laughs) the first episode. Um, I I couldn't imagine it being any other way. No, it's pretty solid. So I wanted to, uh, give a little hand to my pal Jacob, who is the, he was the, the leader of the band that plays it, which was Oxford University Jazz Orchestra. So if you go to shame.city slash music, it will take you to his band camp page. He's like a extremely good jazz pianist. So you can download his stuff for free or chuck him some pennies. Why not? That's nice of me, isn't it? That is nice. Especially given that uh, when you first introduced a bit of music, you said it's their fault for putting it online for free. Fuck them. <laughs> Look, I'm a complicated guy and it can go both ways. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. You see, this is uh, one of the things I was thinking about the other day, which is that like, for, as our listeners probably won't know, Isaac edits the episodes together. Um, and I listen back through and I, I you made it sound like I edit them all into oh, one I see, episode and then <laughs> just listen to it 20 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like infinite jest, but a podcast. It's the only way I can relax. Um, no, he, he edits each episode. Um, and I then listen back through and give notes as it were, which is normally, uh, great or, <laughs> or we swore here. 
we yeah. used this particular racial slur. <laughs> no, we said it's usually we said someone's name that yeah. we need to edit out, and uh, and then Isaac goes back and does that, and then occasionally um, we'll retroactively need to change an, a much earlier episode from weeks ago, and, and Isaac oh. sort of goes back through and replaces it in the feed. And I was thinking, like the other day, that if we ever like had a falling out you could go back and edit every single episode to make me look like the biggest prick of all time wow yeah i could just edit myself out yeah and just have it as like your stream of consciousness yeah, yeah exactly when you're just berating hotel managers uh who else have you attacked all of stand-up comedy uh true crime as a yeah. as an idea as the poor oh, i stand behind that <laughs> Um, oh, no, don't stand behind that. But yeah, you know, you, you could literally just go back through, or you yeah. could, you know, try and gaslight me and and just edit edit power. out things that I'm sure that I remembered happening. You'd be like, <laughs> no, go back and listen. It's 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 not there. <laughs> I might just keep updating my bits of the episode to like new material, so that I just sound <laughs> like really up to date and prescient. Like well, I'll go back to well, episode like the one before the general election and just add in like an exact prediction. Of what's gonna happen. <laughs> I see it actually as a, a hung parliament sitch. The DUP are, are going to be on board within days. Count, count me in on that. Yeah. Uh, what probably cost the government a billion or something, but they'll, yeah. uh, they'll, they'll, they'll pop it out there. They'll bend over for that one. Yes. I hadn't thought of that. That is something. So what I'm thinking is we should maybe retroactively edit in Easter eggs and things down the line. Maybe one day we do a big competition that involves listening to old episodes. That's, that's, but not today. Because <laughs> that's a fucking no, lot of effort. That's a lot of effort, yeah. That's not our style. It isn't at all. So, episode 18. I mentioned to you the theme I had loosely to talk about before the show. It's less that I have anything to say about it in particular. Good sign for a podcast. Yep. And more just that I've been thinking about it. And episode 18, right? 18. Our podcast is now an adult. Okay? Right. It can vote. It could join the military. It can do all manner of things. It can probably buy fireworks in many countries. It could drink in the UK. It would have to wait for a few more years in less civilised countries. But, you know, be that as it may, it has crossed the threshold into maturity. Mm -hmm. In a similar way, we're recording this on the 1st of July. Uh, <clears throat> the final nail in the coffin there of not giving out the date which we haven't mentioned for a while, but it's completely gone as a concept. It is 1433, 1st of July, 2017. It's exactly five months till my birthday. And in my next birthday... That's not a milestone. No, it is, all right? Well, it's a bit of a milestone because, I mean, it's just made me think about birthdays, which I find depressing to begin with, but also particularly depressing because my next one I turned 25. That's a quarter is, of a century. Yep, it's mid-twenties, definitively, because mm -hmm. my girlfriend, again, has been teasing me for a while about the fact that 24, which I am now, of course, as our mathsy listeners will have worked out, <laughs> is already in the mid-twenties bracket. She's like, 20 to 23, early 20s, 24, 25, 26 is mid, and then above 26, you're late 20s. Yeah. Like, might as well be 30, yeah. might as well be, be 40, 40, might as well be dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's the spirit. Life is definitively over. And I'm not uh, self-conscious about age in the in the sense that it's like a number. Like I don't really care about it. It's just like that's a quarter of your life, it, generously, yeah. that is now under your belt. And uh, the third reason, because I said there were three things that have got me thinking about aging. The third is that it was my grandma's 91st birthday 
the other day, the 26th of June, I think, last Monday. That's impressive. And I just thought, that is so old. How, <laughs> what is going on? How do you live for that long? At the same time, I don't know, like, it's, there's a duality to it, because on the one hand, it just seems unfathomably old. But on the other, 24 years, that's just gone by quite quickly. Yeah. Depressing is well, my takeaway. I think it's potentially um, a factor of um, when you're very young, you don't really remember much from, from your fir- first few years. And obviously that time that you're still coming to grips with the world and time and aging. Yeah. Um, I think that it makes it seem perhaps that it's uh, gone by quicker than it might have done. Um, then again, that's maybe a very optimistic way <laughs> of saying, <laughs> please don't let this be it. <laughs> People say as well that it just like speeds up the older you get. Yeah. And that you like blink and then your children are in university. And I don't even have children at the moment. So that would be blink and you will quite the alarm. (laughs) Well, I remember. No, go on. You, you, you have always struck me as someone who was more aware of their own mortality than most people. Yeah. I really hate it. You don't like to see anyone on your birthday. (laughs) <laughs> you're like a sort of David Lynch character. You just sort of on on your birthday, all communications shut down, and yeah. Isaac just sort of sits in a room. It's the one day of the year that I actively don't have my phone on me for the whole day. Yeah, because I just don't want to. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> it being anyone, <laughs> in my life. anyone, anything, <laughs> any intrusion. Um, but also at the same time, you've struck me as someone who. Uh, does their utmost to deny their own mortality. Oh, certainly. Um, in that you you have a a, a very naively Ooh. optimistic <laughs> um, certainty that accurate and you, scientifically backed <laughs> yeah. that you will never die because you <laughs> will be a robot. And there's no yeah. there's no part of you that even thinks to dare <laughs> to entertain the notion that maybe that technology won't be quite up to scratch. I tell you what, if it's not ready, I'm going to kick the fuck off. If I can't upload my consciousness. No, but but think about it because it it, it may well be, but it's probably going to be an early iteration where it's really shit. I'm not being like some Pong version (laughs) of fucking The Windows 95 of consciousness. You can live forever, but you only get one sense. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's right it's smell you've you, the most useless of all the senses <laughs> and also painfully the one that's best at evoking memories that you'll never be able to share or act upon <laughs> you're just stuck there forever remembering summer's days in your youth well you, you're like you're only able to access like three emotions and you have to pay like an extra premium. Oh yeah, you? God, it's going to be uh, it's going to be like pay to win. <laughs> it's in a kind of robo Bitcoin futuristic currency that you can't earn as a as just a memory in a machine. No, I'm you know I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent sure, but I'm increasingly. I guess maybe it is fueled ultimately by a kind of desperation. Yeah, it just fucks me off though. The idea it's it's less about like I I don't know. I don't feel a lot of remorse for the fact that I'll no longer be in the world. I'm just really angry about it. It just feels really unfair. Yeah. Shit. That, that you're just going to sort of miss a load. Yeah. Because I bet it gets really good around 20, 
I don't know, 2,500, I think it's going to be a solid year. If we can avoid nuclear war until then. Yeah, and environmental collapse. Yeah, we're going to have all manner of robot pals going to space a bit, maybe. Might meet an alien. I haven't researched it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) These are all just kind of... I'm just putting it out there. See what happens. This is like this is like when you you look back at old episodes of Tomorrow's World, and they're like, <laughs> by by the year 1999, you will have a robotic housemaid, and it's some <laughs> Lego fucking cube that just rolls around with a Hoover, like, and <laughs> like clearly just a box that someone's sort of pushing about the place. Yeah. You get to you get to 2017, and you're like, well, we've got. USB, that's quite good. <laughs> USB-C, I think you'll find 3.5 times faster or something. It's really odd, the priorities that shows like Tomorrow's World and sci-fi, like old Star Trek, which I've not seen much of. Like, they seem to think that some things we'd have down completely, but then the idea of like an iPhone or just having like the wealth of human knowledge in your pocket seemed to never cross the minds of tomorrow's world. No. But they were fucking certain that we'd be marrying robots about 20 years ago (laughs) and floating around in cars. (laughs) Neither of these things have happened. I I think my my favourite of the kind of ludicrous predictions uh, is the millennium bug. Y2K. I think it might be one of the most technologically shameful moments of human <laughs> history there's just the hysteria of it there's incredible footage of like channel four did a whole night it was john snow i think uh in a studio and they're like right. their predictions as it came up to midnight you know i think remembering that like jules holland's hootenanny was probably on bbc <laughs> Two, and john snow's standing in front of a like essentially the prototype for the swingometer <laughs> going like we're ready for anything coming in and just hour after hour goes by and nothing happened <laughs> i imagine having to present that new show where literally no problems arose there was like i think it was what was their content i think there was one cash machine in a woolworth somewhere that printed out <laughs> incorrect receipts and they were like well devastating <laughs> god that's the year 2000 for you guys woolworths was it's there it's gonna ruin stuff Oh, yeah. I forgot about Woolworths. That was a good place to steal pick and mix from. Yeah, it's, in your youth. it's, it's, it's the, the least surprised I've ever been by a company going Shutting under. Down. <laughs> like it was, the problem was they sold everything <laughs> yeah. and yet nothing. <laughs> they sold everything, but which I mean, they, they made it easier than any other shop for you to take anything you wanted. <laughs> I remember that they had the one in South End High Street had front doors and side doors, but the side doors weren't in any way managed they had a security guard at the front and you know the the big towers that sense if you're stealing stuff but you just uh-huh. walk out the back <laughs> that, that does seem like a, a missed opportunity there for not theft <laughs> bless them i want to get your opinion then on uh you know the 25 gate and uh general aging things so my approach is very much one based in absolute unbridled terror and despair. (laughs) Just the fact that at some point you're going to have to, because I think we forget this, maybe, I don't know if it's too easily or if it's a good part of evolution that we don't dwell on it as often as I do. (laughs) Just the fact that every few days I just see something like 
for example, the other day I came downstairs and at the bottom of the stairs was, uh, I have two cats and at the bottom of the stairs lay a, a dead mouse of kind of medium mouse proportions in a sort of, uh, rainbow position. It was kind of curled round and then above it, like some sick Tracy Emin Damien Hurst artwork was the largest dead rat I've ever seen. <laughs> and as anyone who has cats or has committed murder will know, you have to dispose of these bodies from your house. And normally when it's a mouse or like a small bird, it's not too, it's still distressing because I like those creatures and it's still distressing to have to put your hand like backwards through a plastic bag, pick it up, fold the bag in on itself, tie it up and then hammer throw it out into the sea. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, just a, sea. it's just uh, the indignity of the fact that it's the exact same process you use for picking up dog shit. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like you're desecrating something special. And so, but normally, like, I've got used to having to do that, having owned cats for like most of my life. It's part and parcel of having carnival predator animals in your house. Yeah. But I've never had to deal with anything the size of this rat <laughs> and picking it up through a bag. Like, rats, in a way that birds and mice aren't, because they're kind of, birds feel like hollow little dreams of an animal. They yeah. just, there's nothing to them. Picking up that rat was like, burying a child i felt like i would like it was substantial and corporeal and it was just it made me feel so unclean i had to have a shower afterwards it was at like four in the morning as well so there was no one outside and it was just the seediest thing i've ever done that was legal as i just like folded it in on itself and the, the dull thud as it landed oh, at the bottom of the bin no. horrible experience so yeah it can be something as harrowing as that or just like I don't know. I saw a bee that was, you know, how we're supposed to look out for bees nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this another thing you haven't looked into that much? No, but, you know, I'm always getting these messages about, well, we've mentioned before change.org, yeah. never stopping talking about bees. Debbie but Harry's also, saving the bees as well. Yeah, everyone's having a pop. And if you, you keep getting these messages, don't you? If you see a bee that's tired, you have to give it a bit of sugar water. What and do you mean by you keep getting these messages? <laughs> Uh, you're not getting these texts. Texting you. <laughs> Unknown, I don't know. Actually. Blocked number. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Isaac, just a quick update on the bee stitch. It's sugar water now. Yeah, you're supposed to, you know, just perk them back up because they sometimes, in that uh, beautifully naive way that the animal kingdom has, they sometimes get too involved in nectar and spend too much energy getting it, only to find that they don't have enough to take them back to yeah. their hive. So you see them like crawling around like uh, on the pavement and you're supposed to pick them up and put them on a little leaf or something so where they can chill out and not be stomped on. Anyway, I saw one dead on a pavement is where I'm going. It was yeah. all flat, like it had been pressed into, oh, you know, those, no. you know, that hobby old people have where they press flowers, Yeah, which I also find quite depressing, um, but we'll leave that. Anyway, anything like that can trigger in me the realisation, re-realisation that one day all of us will have to subjectively in our first person little heads that we live in experience death that's so horrible it's a uh, a bold topic for a ostensibly a comedy podcast <laughs> <laughs> look we're going to find the light side i think it's more uh, that's right there is not one <laughs> <laughs> i think it's more that there will come a time where you you have to reconcile yourself with the fact that probably most of your life is gone 
that I think oh, that's probably no. worse than, than than the actual process itself. Is is when, you're over when, you, when you get to you know when when you're forty five, you can still be like, oh, you know, I could live to a hundred. But yeah. when you get to sixty, you, you're not going. Oh, I I could live to a hundred and. 120 sure easy i could do all this again my body's ready for that i can't get out of a seat without going but i'm sure that i'm sure that another 60 years of this existence is 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 it still in me yeah and so you have to go probably less left than i than i have already experienced even now though every day i wake up i'm still like that's good I still think it's like <laughs> I don't really go to sleep expecting necessarily to wake up the next day. Just a, Is that a, normal? Just a vague hope. <laughs> whenever I stay at Isaac's, uh, he's got a little <laughs> a little button next to the bed, and whenever he whenever he regains consciousness, he presses it and it plays a little fanfare, <laughs> a little trumpet. <laughs> I'm back. There's confetti that sort of falls from the from his poster bed. Well, it's nice though because it, you know, it makes you a bit more grateful about each day. Because days are a really long time. It's just years that go by so quickly. Like, how's it July already? Oh, fuck, what have you, we done? Are you this writing? Year? Are you writing a really shit country song? <laughs> the days that go by, but the, the years go that bad, pass so quickly. Are... <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, we've funny. set up a podcast this year. Yeah, how long did it really take? Twenty hours of content. <laughs> it's... All of it shit. <laughs> I'm joking. This show is the best. Episode 3.5, still on no downloads. <laughs> That's the one. Overlooked. <laughs> Overlooked and underappreciated. Look, I'll I be listen- renaming that. <laughs> Look, I listened back to it yesterday myself on three times speed. And I tell you what, it was fucking great. That, that ending you made that no one's heard. Oh, yeah. Is that the one where I put all that effort into a lovely ending? <laughs> That's the one. Fuck you guys for not listening. I feel yeah. very undervalued. They love, I love episode you. three. Oh, let's go to the theme park. Yeah, they've got no time. That. No time. Derivative episode three. <laughs> Derivative Boring, only three in. We're already falling <laughs> into the the cliches. We had second album syndrome within one episode. <laughs> it was really really quite tragic. Aging as well can be applied. We could apply the trajectory of aging in a human sense to what's going to happen to this show. So do you think at some point, like, we're still in our kind of teenage exuberance now? Uh, I mean, I don't feel like we are, to be fair. <laughs> we spent this episode talking about the reconciling ourselves <laughs> with our own impending deaths. But at some point, do you think it will just become like, hi guys, this is episode 304. I mean what's left to say <laughs> the world's still shit do you know what's, global warming means that my brain's on fire do you know what's the the big shame this show <laughs> once it's began like our remit initially was to expose shame elsewhere now we just have to turn the mirror inwards to focus on the greatest shame of all i, I mean i think that it it hypocrisy would, it would probably be more insidious than that a bit like mm-hmm. life that it sort of slips past and and you just recognize that you know we're not both really turning up for episodes i mean we're there we're talking but one of us is but our minds are else one of us is just quite clearly watching tv in the background <laughs> thinking about like the withering away of everything that we love in the world yeah and you know we start to bicker more uh, it all becomes very very personal <laughs> <laughs> the theme music gets turned down a few octaves so and it's then, just like a slow moan and then it's eventually sort of transposed into minor yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just mumbling yeah and then necessity <laughs> like that bit in uh 
Too Many Cooks, which is... Too oh, God. That's the horribleest thing of all. Yeah. What uh, a great bit of art. I, I mean, I hope that it doesn't come to that. I think that we'd either have the, the good grace to call it a day before anything like that could happen. Shoot ourselves. <laughs> Imagine that, like a proper, you know, suicide-packed episode. We don't even... Wouldn't it be a pathetic way, you know, because, like, there have been a few instances of people, politicians and newsreaders mostly, killing themselves on air. Yeah. Wouldn't podcasting be the least effective <laughs> medium to convey that? You'd what? be like, right, I'm going out with a bang, guys. Just realising that there's there's no one to upload it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you live streamed it, you'd have like four viewers. Yeah. And they'd probably be spamming like Twitcher notes. <laughs> Sp- <laughs> spamming Kappa in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible nonsense. It'd be like that bit in, uh, in Stan, the song, where he records oh, the yeah. final message and then realises that he's just got no way of delivering it. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. about to drive his car off a bridge. Spoilers. What a great song. <laughs> Spoilers for, for, <laughs> for four-minute song. song. <laughs> that was released about 15 years yeah. ago. In case you haven't listened. <laughs> I hope we get an email about that. <laughs> Our first angry email from someone who has had Stan and the whole m M&M experience <laughs> spoiled for them. They just downloaded uh, Curtain Call or something. And they really <laughs> it's like my, or my poor dad. Like He doesn't really watch television. Uh-huh. Uh, doesn't sort of enjoy series or anything like he'll watch it if it's on but he mostly just likes watching the sport he watch the news the one oh. show that he's ever invested in was the sopranos and he fucking yes. loved it and i mean as well he should it is incredible genius um but three no two episodes before he finished the whole thing james gandolfini died and someone gave away the ending on the radio <laughs> oh no yeah <laughs> That's so sad. That? That's such a dick move from him on the radio. To and it's such a lazy bit of. Uh, I'm not going to repeat it because maybe someone else hasn't heard yeah. the ending. But it's a stupid comparison to make, is what I'm saying. Yeah. To be like, oh well, he died in real life, and therefore, I know nonsense. It's, it's just, uh, and especially given that it's one of the more one of the most iconic series finales ever. Oh yeah. To just it's have that. it's the perfect finale. Yeah. I think. I don't think it's been... I haven't seen the end of Hannibal, and I hope it's not the end of Hannibal. No. But that's that's the only thing that could come close. Although the Better Call Saul finale that we watched the other day oh, was genius. Absolute art. What an incredible show. Isn't it just like noticeably better than everything else? Well, yeah. At the moment? I, I, it really annoys me when I have people on my, uh, on my timeline on Facebook or on, on the Twitter feed being like, Oh my god, it's such a shame they cancelled Sense8. And you're like, fucking get over yourself. Watch something. <laughs> I haven't decent. seen Sense8, but I heard that all it was was just uh, a load of people. It was like the Game of Thrones style of sex position, where they just fuck instead of having any plot <laughs> and hope for the best. <laughs> people keep watching, surely. Yeah. Well, they were talking on, uh, on one of the television subreddits about the fact that uh, in the first episode of Netflix new series Glow, have you seen that? The, oh, uh, yes. the one that's about female wrestling that uh, in the first episode they have Alison Brie topless Alison Brie is, is that who's that what's her name oh from Community yeah is that, is that her name yeah, that is her name isn't it yeah it is it is yeah, yeah they have a topless and they have her having sex and then like someone had posted a gif of it and then the top comment was I've skimmed through the rest of the series for you all doesn't happen again <laughs> oh, no. and you're like just that's that's such a like lazy little you know, oh, keep watching, cynical, guys. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. To go it's hit. cynical, but it's also a shame that it's kind of effective 
because the mere fact that people are like screen capping gifs of topless actors it kind of shows there's a market for it yeah so it's a shame on both counts i've been reminded by the james gandolfini talk and also it ties in so well to this loose theme that we've emerged into <laughs> that, we've, like that we've moved away from death butterfly that we've moved away from expertly because it was depressing as all hell <laughs> <laughs> well no look here we're going back to it now i'm gonna pull <laughs> us back on track i think we should tell our listenership about this is one where... of the great contests of all time i mean some have said it rivaled even our contest last month <laughs> which i should just mention we'll be in contact with the winners in a sense in the next few weeks we'll leave that there uh, tell people about Declan or set the scene for the celebrity death pool. <sighs> Why do you have to bring this up? Why? Oh, Why of course, there's bitter memories Why for you, you but we'll get to up? that last. Okay. Well, I mean, the celebrity let's, death pool is, start with the, is the, the best form of, of, of competition available. For those, yeah. for those of you that don't know, it's uh, it's quite a long running tradition. I think it used to be a sort of a, like a pub game that you'd yeah. have going on. Everyone chucks a, a, a pound into a hat and you have a list. But it's since the advent of Facebook groups, yeah. it has been streamlined into an art form. Yeah, yeah. So uh, essentially, at the beginning of the year, you have to concoct a list of ten celebrities that you believe will be dead by Before December thirty first of yeah. that year. And also, for more context, I think our involvement in this began because it was like, was it last year or the year before? Yeah, twenty sixteen, it- wasn't it? Yeah, it was basically when it started to become zeitgeist that everyone from the childhoods of people who are writing these articles is starting to die off because that's how age works. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, you had like David Bowie died, Alan Oh yeah, so there were, there were definitely a few surprise <clears throat> Yes, yeah. Surprise is perhaps too positive a word. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> Your icon's dead. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> no more Snape. <laughs> Your your entire musical inspiration, someone who, whose very existence in the world was a comfort to you and those Validated like you. Validated your outsider status. Well, he's gone. It was sad. <laughs> Turns out he was just like everyone else in that he was mortal. And that he lived before us in the time when you're never going to get to become a robot. Yeah. Oh, imagine, like, if, if we did have is. that technology now, you'd just yeah. be a fucking, like, cube. <laughs> You wouldn't, you wouldn't have your own voice either. You'd have like that's Cortana. like when you used to say I'd have to be a toaster for a year. Or that something was that was quite good. I think that that was a. It, how long was it? Was it for a year or was it for like five? I years think it might have been longer. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, essentially, I was challenging Isaac on his commitment to becoming some sort of robot in the future, hmm. and the the challenge was: Would you have your consciousness transferred into a a toaster? as a kind of placeholder while we get the actual Because they're, like, they're like, yeah, it's a few years off, so we're going to have to just hold you for some reason yeah. in a taste. In like a sort of like holding <laughs> bay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was unflappable. Uh, you, you sort of were. I think that you, you had a lot of conditions, which I refused to, uh, yeah. to acquiesce to, which was that you could control the taster when obviously you couldn't. It's just, I didn't like It's that just part. your consciousness. You can't see either. No, I didn't like that. You're just either. inside a toaster. I mean, the toaster was entirely chosen just because it's mundane, but mm. it could have been any electric. Can I feel object. what's going on? Like, can no. I feel the heat of the toast? No. Well, what is existing You're, then if you've just got It's no just you in a void. Input. Okay. I, I'm all right with that. That's basically how I live my life anyway. 
That's basically my dream weekend. 80% of Isaac's bedroom is taken up by a sensory deprivation flotation tank. I'm so into going into one of these. Have you ever done one? No. Should we do one for the show? Oh my God, do you think we could record an episode from inside one? Although that would kind of no, that defeats counteract the then you're just, deprivation. Then you're just floating in the dark. <laughs> then it's just us in a hot tub <laughs> doing an episode. <laughs> but I'm, I'm up for it. If we I'd can, love to do one. Yeah, all right. Because I've heard that it makes you really... There's an almost inescapable sense of panic that overcomes you. Oh, good. And I'm really keen to experience it. <laughs> Have I sold you? To, to remind you that you're alive. Yeah, that's basically in case you forget, the Next time you have to chuck out an enormous rat. I'm just going to yeah, do it in a blindfold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they sound really cool. I think the stages are, from what I've heard from other people's experiences, and I listened to Russell Brand's podcast have once a guest, because they did one, and then they had a guest on who was someone who worked at one, and they said that the, in their experience, the stages of sensory deprivation flotation chambers were panic, acceptance boredom sleep masturbation <laughs> <And then they laughs> <get out. laughs> apparently they have to change the water quite a lot oh dear that's a shame isn't it well make sure that we're booked in as like the first in the day <laughs> yeah and separate tanks i think because i mean <laughs> we're good friends but <laughs> there's a limit <laughs> i don't think we'd recover god how how sensor sensorily deprived are you Imagine if um, you imagine if it was entire, but you could just hear faint splashing. <laughs> <laughs> you could God. just you could just feel like your hand getting a little bit wet. Every oh, <laughs> that's absolute crime. They should shut them down if it just becomes a big wank chamber. <laughs> yeah. I was reading today about a thing. We'll come back to the death pool. Yeah. This, but this is <laughs> yeah. a tangent that I, I'm interested in. There's a festival in America. And look, I don't have many of the facts here because I was literally <laughs> just, just reading about it. There's a music festival called Electric Forest. Right. And it sounds, based on the reports I've just read, like the most brilliant madness. Because it sounds like you don't really go for the music. Like you just skip festivals. most of it. Yeah, true. But I mean, I don't think they get very big acts even. But it is in a forest somewhere. And they just have like mad things set up all around. So you can go wandering and you find like a phone coming out of a tree that starts ringing as you go past. And then it's like a wood elf that tells you to go to like, you have to go through some mini door and you end up in like a back, like a warehouse rave or something. It just sounds mad. And there was another bit where there was some building and the way they spoke of it shrouded it in mystery (laughs) and intrigue because it was just known as the hangar. Oh dear. And loads of people were like, oh, I didn't get to spend much time in the hangar last time. Can't wait to do it this year. But it seems like it's just a fairly nondescript bar or maybe like venue with a bar in it. And apparently some people were sat on a sofa there and then the sofa just revolved and they ended up like the other side of the wall, like some kind of Scooby-Doo villain (laughs) had set them up. And they were in something called a poetry brothel, (laughs) which is such a questionable concept but i think the idea was that it's everyone in it acts like it's a brothel so they have like models set up who like lead you into a booth and i think the people the people who i was reading the report from were a couple right and so they were there together which kind of takes away the cheating aspect of being in a poetry brothel <laughs> but then they lead you into a room like uh with a bed in it like you're about to you know get get with a prostitute and then just start that's isn't the, that the expression that's the that's the like most embarrassed term i think i've ever heard you use well i couldn't think of what the proper term was 
Fuck all. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think you're supposed no, to say hua. A hua. No, I, I'll, I'll re- rescind that. I'll retract it. Um, but then you lie down on the bed and I think they just read you poems for an hour and then leave. Like, that's and it. And then you fuck. And then, yeah, then that's the, that's the poetry bit out of the way. Then the brothel element brothel. really comes to the fore. <laughs> it's the one-two punch of art and sex. Imagine if they, they'd set it up so that... Um, when they took you into the room, you sort of got to, you got to choose. You're like, would you like poetry or would you like to fuck? <laughs> no, no, all the poems went devastatingly Just unread. <laughs> yeah, clean and unsullied. Never taken Untouched by never human taken hands, out of slightly the, covered. Out of the sleeve. The effluvia-covered sleeve. But anyway, yeah, I like that sort of thing. It sounds like one big escape room. Why did I start talking about the electric forest? How I, did that come I, into... I, I don't know. So okay, well, let's you, segue back. You went to back. it from flotation tank. Oh, yeah, because those, it's that kind of weird experience. Anyway, we're going to do that. I'm going to put it on our list now. Let me make a note. Okay. Flotation tank. That's the sound of me making a note there, guys. That wasn't acting. Um, we'll do that and we'll get back to you. Let's say by episode 30. <laughs> that's actually quite soon, isn't it? That's yeah, quite a that's, short that's, term. That's in commitment. like four weeks. A few months or yeah. something. Okay. All right, maybe episode 35. Give us some leeway. So the celebrity death pool was we were invited by our friend Kieran. Mm-hmm. My favourite thing about it, because it still exists, although I don't participate, I didn't participate in the most recent one for no. reasons that will become clear yeah. at the end, is that on Facebook groups you can set a relevant icon. So like one of the podcast groups I'm in has like a the music symbol. Uh there's another one that's called Podcast Growth that has a light bulb because it's all about ideas. The celebrity death pool just has a horrible skull, <laughs> which is so good. And it's also, the name is all in caps as well, which is quite horrid. And so the rules were, I think we threw in a fiver, did we? Uh, well, nobody in threw theory. in anything. Yeah. The idea was that it you was commit a, tenor, a fiver. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was a tenner. Oh yeah, it was. You commit a tenner or something like that and then pick your celebrities. And I think it was the first person to have two that three. died. It's three. Okay was the winner do you remember who was on your list uh no i can't i can't i can remember that um i remember some of it i remember that muhammad ali died that was one yep. for me uh oh harper lee died oh yeah and that was one for me and then i won it with nancy reagan and that was your winner and that was my winner that was that was it there you go so we had about 20 people in it maybe at the time there maybe were more. yeah i think there were 30 people taking part. Yeah. And um, so everyone had thrown in a tenner. I mean, metaphorically at this point, quite quickly it was revealed that Declan had won. Because I I won by about May. (laughs) Yeah. I played my list. I didn't really play to win. I played to ensure against my own suicide by making it a list almost exclusively of people (laughs) I really love. So I had like Stephen Sondheim, Ian McKellen, people who, if they died, the only possible... (laughs) way that I wasn't going to ooze myself into the next life, which is a term which means throwing yourself into the river in York, that we won't ever explain further. <laughs> Not just fluiding uh, was, yourself, <laughs> sliming yourself into yeah, the next life. Was by receiving enough money that I could just drink myself into the next week yeah. and through the sorrow. So I don't think anyone on my list died, but Declan won really quickly. And uh, so it became time to, to send the money. It's been, what, a year, maybe a year and a half now since we did that. How much did you get from it? Uh, How many people sent you? You. You were the only fucker <laughs> who paid up. 
That's bad, isn't not it? Not even Kieran, who said Did it up not? and is like one of my best friends. Not even he's paid yet. Oh, dear. I know. Have you pulled him up on that? Because you must have seen him. Yeah, since. I have a couple of times. What's his excuse, the Geordie skint? Well, I mean, I think that you've explained it enough there, oh, Geordie and skint. <laughs> oh. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, it was so pathetic. People like were trying to say that I hadn't actually won, that you had Why? to get all of them or you had to get five. Lies. It was in the rules on the side. The rules side. are literally pinned to the top of the group. Yeah, and, uh, and they were all just clearly so butthurt that they hadn't won. Like, because oh. people take it as a real matter of pride. Their, oh yeah, some their, people took it too seriously. Their ability definitely. to be that prophetic about death. Yeah, and Kieran's friends on Facebook, especially, are a group of insufferables. There are mixed, not all of them. They're but, a mixed bunch. But aren't they? Uh, they range from. I would say it skews insufferable. Yeah, they range from some really funny, enjoyable, lovely people to Jeff. Jeff- <laughs> who I will name because the man is a fucking dreadful idiot and I hate him and I hate everything he stands for he is I think the worst personality on on Facebook he's the person that who if I see a comment I have to like look away and breathe before I read it yeah. because I know that it's going to affect my blood pressure to such an extent that someone is afraid of their own circulation as me can't really cope with it has to go and lie down for the next six hours he's a dreadful idiot i mean what more is it to say there's, i just hate it there's nothing we could try and explain why but it's just I think, we should think probably... of every possible way and he's that think of think of every perspective or opinion you could have on any topic and yeah. then imagine the most offensively incorrect one yes that's, that's what him. that's how he feels about it he's from that kind of uh I don't know, proto-libertarian alt-right school yeah. where he wants to be able to rip foxes apart as long as it's on your own land because of property rights. Um, he wants to... Where, it's, oh, like, racial segregation's fine because uh, you're allowed it's, to say it's you choice. don't want anyone on your land. Yeah. Uh, what else? He's probably, I mean, I can't remember him specifically advancing this view, but I imagine his... Outlook on the age of consent is questionable <laughs> at best. And I'm not saying that he has personally engaged in an illicit act. All I'm saying is that he wants to. All I'm saying is that when it's eventually and inevitably revealed that he has... Yeah, um, none of us none, will be surprised. No. We should probably just do an episode where we read some of his comments. Yeah, okay. I'm going to edit out his surname. Okay. All right. Just for just for our own legal protection. All right. <laughs> That's good. Jeff, surnameless. You're, you're a shame. And I, I think even it goes beyond shame as a concept. Oh, God. We use shame on this show. Oh, this is something I wanted to mention as well. We use shame in quite a variable sense. Sometimes it's quite lighthearted, like some Facebook comment is a shame or true crime genre is a shame. Sometimes it's quite egregious, like killing the poor is a shame. <laughs> but one thing I did want to change about, I think it was episode eight, which is... The second of our chronically unlocked episodes. <laughs> so none of you will have heard. And in no. fact, I probably don't even need to correct the record on this because no one knew it there's, in the first there's place. There's no chance that anyone will ever have <laughs> listened to it or ever will no. listen to it. They just skip it. It's called it's Shame City is the episode. And in it, we conceptualised, because it's when we announced that our website was going to be shame.city, which are, it still pleases me as a website every yep. time I think of it because it's just funny. Whenever I see it written down, it's just funnier than being like, that's a shame podcast.biz or something. Um, but we conceptualized Shame City as a mythical place at the time as a bastion of 
shame within which shame ran rampant and kind of was the leader of the place. Like we had Lin-Manuel performing every night. We had all kinds of horrid things. And I think I'd like to invert it and make it the last safe place against all the shame of the outside world. Right. Because I think we should think of ourselves as dwelling within shame city and uh, fortifying our walls against the shame right. of the outside. And we don't want to lump ourselves in with Lin-Manuel. Well, not in any sense, no. I watched a video yesterday. I don't know why I do it to myself, really. It's a very kind of masochistic urge. Yeah. But I watched a video of him freestyling, and I did such heavy inverted commas that I've actually broken both of my fingers in doing so. (laughs) Freestyling again in that way that... I don't know. It's kind of like that singular that singular beat and meter that he knows. Yeah. And it's those videos you see about like in our podcast groups where it's like five things that you might want to avoid to not turn off your listenership, which often is vocal fry, which people should just get the fuck over. Yep. And uh crutch words like like, which I do, and kind of, which I do as well. Uh and also don't care about in the slightest. <laughs> so just leave that. But Lim Manuel's rap is one big crutch word when he's freestyling. Yep. It's just like eighty percent looking around and just naming things he can see before rhyming something. But he was beatbox. No, Emma Watson was beatboxing. Who I, I like, but she's certainly quite. Uh, I don't know. I find her quite an awkward presence to watch. Very. She's one of those people who seems like incredibly self-conscious of her own existence. Yeah, like, like forever, uh, forever looking around. Forever. To check that other people are in on the joke. Yeah, to make sure that she's she's being accepted. It was like there was a girl in drama sock at York, oh who we won't God. name, <laughs> who she was nice. She was like nice enough and like talented enough, but she just had this quality about her that made me so uncomfortable to watch because it was like you had to just check that everything was landing. She was and so... there's no way of feeling more... No, she was so obviously like whilst in character aware of her own role yeah. as an as an actor and her own presence yeah. in front of an audience. Like it just made me feel really uncomfortable. All of all of the sort of advice or about sort of public speaking, where it's you know try and make eye contact with everyone in the audience, try and make sure yeah. you have a the eye sort of eye contact that she would make was that wry smile sort of yeah. eye contact, which is like, "Oh, here I am." <laughs> On the what stage am I like again, doing an acting <laughs> like, classic. Like, this is a scene where you're being told your child is dead. Oh my <laughs> God, here we are. Good old oh. me with the dead son. You won't believe all the stuff happened in rehearsals for this one. Oh. Yeah, I think it's Emma Watson's voice that it sounds like. As I have said a lot of times, but not on the podcast, Emma Watson to me sounds like she's doing an impression of herself. Yeah, that's it's a like good one. it's so. There's something so forced about her delivery. It's weird. And also the new Beauty and the Beast film wasn't that good, I'm afraid. Why ever would you remake such a perfect bit of cinema? That's right, to keep the copyright. Oh yeah, that's the one. <laughs> good old Disney pummeling through there. Um, but yeah, Shame City, I think, should be free from all those places. It should be where we just sit around watching Better Call Saul and Hannibal, listening to Sondheim, yep. thinking about Norman Finkelstein, shouting <sighs> at everyone about his late father. What an absolute legend. Telling telling and, everyone uh, who's wrong that he equates their uh, their opinions with the dust on the floor. <laughs> what a thing to say. <laughs> what a bold statement from old Norm, Professor Norm. We should get him on the show. I'm certain he would turn us down. <laughs> I think he could not be less interested <laughs> than in 
tolerating a pair of idiots maybe when we talk if, about flotation chambers. Maybe if we pop a little Palestinian flag on the dog's hat in the logo. Yeah, okay, yeah. He'll, uh, he'll be on board. Around. I mean, he can't teach anyway. He can't get a, a lesson in in the US because no. he's blacklisted, so he might give it a shot. <laughs> have you seen Norman, his, if you're listening. Have you seen his website? Oh, it's mad. It's a real shame. It's utter madness. It, but I don't know if it's him that writes all these blog posts because they're all up under different people's names. Yeah, I know. But what worries me is that it's 90% all caps. Yes, <laughs> which is, doesn't seem like a hallmark of such a fastidious academic. Yeah, such a forensically yeah. like skilled professor of history mm. poor Blake. A, a little bit of a concern um look i think we should move on to hooked but just to wrap up the theme i don't think we've i'm, I'm gonna put this out there i want to get your opinion i don't think we've necessarily solved mortality <laughs> as a concept no i don't think we've um, dived into it as thoroughly as uh, as some philosophers of the last few centuries have um, no. even me I, whenever I've had an opportunity to write about like extended essay or the sort of dissertation I had to at uni, it's always about death. Yeah. And it's always like, I always just look at the same question, like, would it be better to live forever than die? And I've always concluded it's better to die, but I've never, ever believed it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those opinions where you know that it's probably right, but you just yeah. will never, ever have the opportunity to think, yeah, I, I think that right now I'd rather die than live, live yeah. more. I think it's difficult to reconcile. I guess in some way we'll live forever now through that's a shame because yeah. this will be around after we've died. As long as I set up in my will, someone has to pay for the hosting forever. And <laughs> I think that's, um, that's something, isn't it? Maybe when we're like 80, we can listen back and be like, oh, they didn't know how good they had it, which I guess will be depressing. <laughs> I thought that was going to be like an optimistic time. <laughs> you go, when we're 80, we'll look back and we'll think, oh, we were so pessimistic about ageing, but really it's been a magical process. But actually, and- it's even worse than we imagined. <laughs> it's What's not- that? Your knees don't work. And you, every day you think about suicide, good. Turns out that you can actually feel the DNA breaking inside <laughs> you. <laughs> you can feel all the mutations that are eventually going to consume the healthy yep. elements of your body. All the telomeres Horrible. just literally falling off there. Bye, guys. Free radicals on your way. <laughs> and that's death. Isaac staring mournfully at the toaster in the corner. <laughs> Just no, trying to no, climb in. Any, any day now, he's going to have to make a disastrous <laughs> the choice. choice. <laughs> oh, well. How bad can it be? I, by that point, so senile that he mistakes the uh, the transition process for just sticking a knife in it while it's on. <laughs> <laughs> Hastening his demise into electrocution. Imagine, like, finding an an old man, like, dead by having electrocuted himself with, in his own toaster and then having to explain to their Why? friends and family that he was trying to insert his consciousness into it while he waited for artificial intelligence and the it's uploading of consciousness to robots. One hell of a eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> and an epitaph that writes itself. Look, Isaac um, had dreams. The trouble was he hadn't researched them as thoroughly he as had he had no might. execution. <laughs> you can't fault him on thought, but... You can't, can't fault him enough on um, <laughs> operation itself. 10 out of 10 for vision. <laughs> a, a generous four for materialisation. Bless. I think this is a topic we'll come back to next time I see a rat yep. on the floor. Um, 
I've definitely got more to talk about because we did, we've touched on how afraid I am of the heart as a concept. I know. I was wondering if we were going to bring up this. No, I think that's another show for another day. Yeah, I think it's maybe a Valentine's Day special. (laughs) I think it's it's probably best that we, uh, that we break this down over the course of a a few episodes sporadically released uh, in between perhaps less fatal topics. Yeah. I don't want to cry in every episode, so no. we'll we'll keep a little buffer between it. Um, we promise in episode seventeen, one of the few promises that we've actually taken through and carried on to the next episode, <laughs> that we would conclude hooked in episode eighteen, which is now, as you'll know. Um, to recap where we were, I'd run out of hoots for the first time ever, which meant I had no further story elements to examine. But we were roughly around the time of uh, the fantastic reveal from mum where she says your father was making a mistake tiffany pulls up about the past tense and then tiffany notices another text should we go from uh yeah let's go from where you explain the text that was written to tiffany and for some reason never sent okay omg there's another text he wrote to me that was never sent (laughs) nice bit of exposition yeah thanks for just clarifying because otherwise you'd never have read it. it it says he's he's sorry he can't keep the family together oh. that he thinks something is wrong with you he wanted to meet asap to explain i think tiffany would say asap well i was thinking that but where it's all capitalized i don't know remember as well that this isn't speech she's she's texting this oh, yeah. supposedly in one hand Holding a baby in the other and holding, holding a phone. A baby, a holding phone. a phone in the third. <laughs> he didn't want me to go home today. He said you might be dangerous. Ha! <laughs> dangerous. He cheats on me and then he has the nerve to call me names. Call me names. <laughs> call me names is so sweet. Yeah. It's like a little primary school kid. He really was, was an idiot. Was. <laughs> I love this, like bullshit family friendly insulting language like yeah. the man's cheated on you had a child with another woman to the and point you've probably, clearly and murdered you, yeah, him <laughs> and, and, and you're, you're the worst you could do is idiot god he was an idiot had to murder him <laughs> Where, where's dad mum what did you do to him I really tried to keep you out of this Tiffany but I guess it's too late where's dad dad's in the basement <laughs> dun, dun, so, dun. That so basement, blunt. that basement that Tiffany went in, and he wasn't there. And um, but she did notice that it smelt like something had expired. Yeah, I told you not to go down there, didn't I? God, he was such an idiot. <laughs> she repeats, really hammering this home. This is Mum's monologue. An affair? Can you believe that? After all I did for him, I couldn't let him get away with it. I killed him just as he was writing you that text. Thanks for clearing that up, Mum. Yeah, I guess he didn't die right away. If he still had time to slip his phone into those blankets. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been when I was washing the blood off my knife. Your dad's blood, that is. But he deserved it, honey. He made a fool of me. A mockery of our marriage. Now let's throw the phone and the baby into the lake together. <laughs> That's like mum's tried to cushion the blow. Come on, Tiffany, let's throw the phone and the baby. Throw, so, throw, what's that? Throwing the, the ba- phone and the... Throwing the baby out with the bloody phone. <laughs> <laughs> Then we'll both go back and get rid of Dad's body. I love that Mum's Mum's assumed that Tiffany's just going to be on board. (laughs) Yeah, because when she's like, Tiffany, question mark, it's like, Tiffany, come on. I mean, I've given you an offer. Mum's next line is so funny. (laughs) Oh, honey. 
I can see you in that bush. You can't hide from mommy. Three days later. Wow. Hi, Dad. I feel a little crazy doing this, knowing you can't answer me. But I wanted... I want to respond to your text, the one you were never able to send. I'm so sorry about what happened to you. I'm so sorry about what mum did. I I wish I could have somehow saved you. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to go on without you guys. Can I just stop you here briefly to say... Of course. So, there's no more mum in this story. Clearly not. Can I just forewarn you that this is building up to the greatest closing line in literature <laughs> it, it's one of those lines that um you know like at the end of seven he talks about in that recent lessons from the screenplay yeah how um the point is that morgan freeman's character and brad pitt's character have like different approaches to justice and morgan freeman's all like cynical and he's burnt out and he wants to leave he's about to retire and like drop off the grid and it takes the full action of the film and seeing Brad Pitt's character played by Kevin Spacey, spoilers, uh, and the ultimate like breakdown of that guy's life for his final line to, to be the guy's like, where are you going to be? And he's like, I'll be around. And just that simple phrasing expresses the themes conclusion. I'm not saying this is better than that, but it certainly changed my outlook on just the potential that, that, literature has as an art form so we i mean we we mocked them uh mercilessly for their uh conflation of the hooked app with epistolary literature in general yeah. uh, are we going to have to go back and edit that out i think we've never been quite as far off the mark as we were then <laughs> okay because this is uh this is the new nabokov simple uh, as i am so excited i'm gonna just do uh sound effects because I'm okay, yeah. an attention seeker. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't dare let me have the limelight. Nope. Right. I, I, I wish I could somehow have saved you. I don't know how I'm going to go on without you guys. But Dad, I'm so disappointed you had an affair. <laughs> disappointed is a nice word. Even if you no longer loved Mum. It, it wasn't right. Anyway, it's too late for regrets. Just brush that to one side. I just got back from mum's funeral. I didn't want to go, but I can't get the images from that night out of my head. Mm. Jessica shot mum in cold blood, (sighs) then turned the gun on herself. (sighs) Everything happened so fast. (sighs) Jessica was... She really loved you, Dad. She wasn't looking for her baby that night. She had no intention... Of living after you were gone. Oh, selfish. She just wanted to take mum in with, with her in revenge. The baby, your daughter, she's doing well. I'm, I'm never going to tell her about any of this. <laughs> I don't want you to worry about her. She's my sister. Mistake or not? I'm going to take care of her. And the final line, as the curtains close on our time with Tiffany, Mum, Jessica, Dad and Baby. I've named her Sweetheart. Sweetheart. The end. Kayla Parent, wherever you are in this world, 
I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to name you, sweetheart. And I'm going to make it the sole function of my life to ensure that you are never allowed access to language ever again. (laughs) Because this is, this is the great shame. The, the, The podcast is over. There's no, uh, we're not, we we can't, there, we can't do it. Not even Jeff, mm-hmm. not even the embodiment of shame that is Jeff could transcend the shame mm. that is this heap of horse shit. I mean, what the journey what? for me has been quite exquisite though, because we've, if, if nothing else, and I mean, for all its flaws that, you know, everyone's a critic these days, but what, what parent manages to achieve with whatever this story was called? What was it called? Where is she? What, with where is she is a great, um, a sense of an unfolding of narrative. And it just, we started with such a simple glimpse into the life of, you know, she's your ordinary teen, Tiffany, and it seems like everything's going fine. And then before you know it, all it takes is one random baby, a mistake, if you will, in the basement for everything to just spiral yeah. beyond our wildest dreams. And the fact, I think, that she pulls it back full circle by naming the baby Sweetheart after a bit of information she dropped about 20 lines earlier yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really creates a Steinbeckian sense of circularity that I just get off on immensely. Yeah, I, I mean, how different is this ending really from... The end of Of Mice and Men, you know, that... Oh, it's not. Finally coming I mean, it, to term... Well, I mean, it is. It's better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Steinbeck. Steinbeck didn't name anyone's sweetheart. No, there were, there were no babies at the end. There they was, were just living off the fat of the land, as I recall. Yeah. They had rabbits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So, I, I have... I made an account because... Unhooked. Unhooked because... There are f- nearly 5,000 comments on this uh-huh. story, and I needed to see what they were. Oh, wow. I didn't know there were comments. The first the first comment from Ariana Rose is, good story, just hope it wasn't true. <laughs> oh, bless. That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Pandora says... Hope it wasn't true. Pandora says, wow, so sad, but interesting. Hmm. <laughs> She's really conflicted there. It's like Nightcrawler. Valentina says, This story is so great. It really got me into wanting to keep reading and made me think and predict. Thumbs up. It made her predict? Yeah. That's an interesting thing for literature to do. It turns you into a Nostradamus. (laughs) That's good, though. I mean, fair play, Kayla. You've got someone into reading. Like, that's... uh, Uh, Well, let's not... (laughs) Let's not generously call this reading. Look, it's, it's reading. Stark. It's reading in in the most functional sense. Yeah, but it might be the gateway to a lifelong love of uh, not very good writing. Kayla has uh, has very much missed the very idea of of, of literature. She's mm-hmm. uh, she's I think not read Roland Barthes' Death of the Author. Um, okay. She says, "Ah, oh, but what happened to the girls? Where are they now?" Right. What Kayla says that? Yeah, as in the author. No, so, sorry, oh, sorry. Right, I just I realised that. No, someone else in the comment fortuitously named Kayla. Oh right, I see. Um, well, what happened is she just stopped writing. About them <laughs> that was so that, that was exist. and that was the end. So look, all that remains, I think, uh, it's been incredible, but we're not going to end hooked here. 
oh, by any means. Definitely because not. Because there is a wealth, an absolute treasure trove of stories. All that remains is for us to pick one. Do you think that's a decision we should make, or should we maybe put the call out on Twitter for some feedback? Oh, we could do a little poll, couldn't we? We could. Uh, yeah. We could. We so could maybe if we pick three titles, two each. Oh, okay, four titles. Okay, why not? Yeah, one each, and then we choose one together. Okay. I've already found which one I will be picking. It's called The Clowns Dash Official. <laughs> They're on a mission, and they have no mercy. Ooh. Oh, um, hang on a minute. Itaza wasn't quite as uh, as impressed as, as everyone else in the oh, comments. Yeah. Uh, this story, dot, 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 new comment, sucked big time. Oh. <laughs> new, new comment, lame and retarded. Oh no! Doubly offensive. There. <laughs> Two doses of ableism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to bizarre. say. <laughs> wow! What a critic! <laughs> Look, I think. <laughs> Sorry. We'll end with yeah. uh, with with James's comment. Mm-hmm. It bugs me that the baby will never know. <laughs> you know what, James? It bugs me too. Sweetheart deserves the truth. <laughs> Well, I will devote my life to ensuring that she finds maybe out. Maybe there'll be happens. an episode four. You know, this has this story has 50,000 likes. And like 5.2 million views or something. Yeah, so, y- you know. I mean, yeah. Let's find you and get in touch about part four. Yeah. I need closure. In the words of More Shani, closure. in the words of Shani, no words, scary as fuck. <laughs> no words proceeds to have three more. Yep. It's clever. I like it. Um so thank you to Kayla. Thank you to Hooked. We'll be continuing that. Look at Twitter for that. We'll be putting out a poll as to which story to continue with in episode 19. I've had a delightful time. I feel oddly better about uh, inevitable death. Um, yeah, I think it's been cathartic in some small way. How about you? Um, I was fundamentally depressed uh, for the first 20 minutes of the episode um, oh. I was struggling to see how we were going to really pull it back round to comedy when you <laughs> mentioned the fact that each new day uh, is a, a genuine, a heartfelt success for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's an optimistic message. It can go both ways. And I think if we look for each day as a gift rather than as just one more step along the road to death, then, you know, we could all be... Maybe one day we'll be writing epistolary fiction for Hooked. The path really is limitless that is that is a, that's a nice way to look at it yeah um this has been episode 18 thank you very much for listening yes. let's do some plugs before we get out of here. okay so you can uh, get in touch with us uh, on twitter at that's a shame cast uh, in a day or so um there'll be the poll up for you to vote on our yep. next hooked venture um you can also contact me personally on there at cynical declan and isaac at isaac bd true fact if you want to Email us, TAS, TAS, at shame.city. Mm-hmm. Uh, alternatively, you can just message us via our website, shame.city. I know we have a nice contact form. Yeah. Um, the website Make the most. is growing, and we've got plans for it to grow even further. Oh, yeah. We're going to have some written stuff on there soon. Exactly. Where we Imagine can that. finally formalise our thoughts on topics like true crime. Death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rat, rat murder and disposal. But yeah, um, I think that's about all. The last thing, of course, our most spurious and vague plug slash call to action is just tell a friend about the show, spread the word, tweet about it if you like, hashtag that's a shame or hashtag shame city, whatever. I haven't made one up yet. 
uh, pass it on to whichever of your friends you think needs to hear the most about death, or even just about Hooked. I think it can lighten even the darkest of attics or basements full of dead dads. This has been episode 18. I've been Isaac. You've been Declan. And we'll see you on Wednesday. Bye, pals. Bye. Simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strides I mean the bare necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life For me, the bare necessities of life will come to you. Come to you